And now, from beyond our dimension, this is the Jeff Mara Podcast. Here's Jeff. My guest is Cynthia Greer, author and medium, who due to her disability and severe health condition, has experienced several near-death experiences which we're going to learn about today. Cynthia, thank you for joining me and welcome. Thank you so much, Jeff. I'm honored to be here. Well, the honor and pleasure is all mine. Thank you. Cynthia, let's start with your biggest and most impactful NDE first. That would be the one I had right before surgery. And then there was one right after surgery. And then there was another one a week after the surgery when I was recovering. And I had been diagnosed with stage three cancer. So they weren't sure that I would make it through the surgery because it was a 10 and a half hour surgery and there was a risk with my heart not being able to take it. So I had at the time two large tumors. I had one inside of my neck that was the size of an egg. And I had another one the size of a walnut on my tongue. And so I was extremely sick. And I had actually already made my funeral arrangements in case I didn't make it. And the night before the surgery, I had been praying with my mother and we had been praying for the doctors and the staff that would be working on me and with me. And I had an out-of-body experience and it was with Jesus. And I found myself actually standing before the earth and the earth was spinning and Jesus pointed towards the earth and I instantly knew I had this feeling that I probably was not going to die but I was filled with so much emotion that I was back and forth with it because I was so sick. I was losing that connection with my physical body because of the pain. And I telepathically thought that he was talking to me about what was going on at this time on the planet and things that were to come on the planet that would not be pleasant. And that that would be the main reason that I would be returning because my work, my life was not yet finished as difficult as it was going to be with a disability and a chronic health condition. And so 
when I came out of that experience, my eyes popped open. I was laying in my bed and I was like, wow, okay, I'm ready for the next wave of the journey, wherever this is going to take me. And that was the very beginning during my experience with the cancer. Now you were praying and meditating when you had your NDE? Yes, I have been praying and meditating for decades. I was raised with prayer and spirituality. And I had many experiences before I was diagnosed with the cancer because I had worked with transcendental meditation and with other people for such a long time, many, many years. So, I mean, I've been at this for decades, actually. What did Jesus look like? He looked very Middle Eastern. Okay, there was a resemblance to what you see in the art, but Jesus definitely looked like he was a Hebrew, the Jewish descent, or Arabic, but he definitely looked very Middle Eastern to me. I'm not quite clear on the message that he gave you, but it sounded like he was giving you the future. Yes. Well, when you are on the other side and you are out of body, everything happens on a telepathic level. Now, sometimes you will have actual conversations that you'll go back and forth with the other being or individual, and you will just get it on that level. Other times you will just know. You'll just have an empathic understanding. And I get it both ways because I've been working with the spirit realms for so long. But when Jesus does communicate with me, which happens quite often, what happens is I will now get it in thought form, basically a message of what I need to do, where I need to proceed next if there is a major decision involved. So I hope this makes sense. But um, I think a lot of people in the audience who have empathic abilities and they're working to hone them will understand this because the more you meditate, the more you open up, the faster things will come and you don't always have to put so much focus into it because beings and spirit teachers will come and they will just give you the messages. 
So did Jesus give you a possible future, like a warning if we don't do something? Oh, oh, yes. But see, this is something I have known for many decades, and this is going back into my 20s. I had that insight. I saw many things that have already come to pass that I was telling people about when I was in my early and mid-20s. Of course, they did not believe me, and they laughed in my face. And it's all coming to pass at this time. But certainly, most definitely, he did. And it was because of the state this planet is in, the fact that many people have chosen to remain in the material frame of mind, which people often associate with 3D, where unless you can taste it, see it, feel it, touch it, experience it on a physical level, it just simply isn't valid. And everything is about investing and accumulating large amounts of money. And it doesn't matter what the cost is, if it's going to harm another individual or not, just going on and riding roughshod over others. This um, corporate mentality that has seeped into every aspect of life and is big time in politics, the medical field, the legal field, business, banking, okay? Society is at an all-time collapse. This is something I've seen for a long time. And yes, I got this warning from him and that I was definitely to spread the message about raising the consciousness level, coming into the higher consciousness that some refer to as the Christ consciousness. Now, I happen to be non-denominational. Yes, I believe in Jesus, but there are also many other ascended masters that have brought divine messages to this earth. And no matter how you look at it, those messages always are very close together. It's about how we treat one another. And so I was to weather this disability I have and to work within the limitations in order to bring these messages forth. And I'm not the only one doing this, okay? Because God has chosen many channels to bring these messages through. And he is working according to the consciousness level of those that are going to receive the messages. So not all channels are going to bring the messages across in exactly the same way. They're going to bring them across at the level of consciousness of the individuals 
that they are reaching. Some will be at a higher level of education and he will have channels for that. He will have channels for those that have been through abuse, narcissism, um, sexual abuse, child abuse, whatever. He will find the channels and deliver those messages to reach those individuals. Could you say that Jesus's warning for us is to raise our consciousness and stop being so selfish and greedy, otherwise bad things are gonna happen? Oh, absolutely, because here's the thing. Okay, what we do, what we put out on this planet and on the universe is a direct reflection of what we are living in. Okay, we didn't spiral down to this point overnight. It took many decades to get here. Okay, and all we have to do is go back to history, turn the pages of the history books. We are going to find that it always repeats itself if people do not raise their consciousness above and beyond those behavior patterns and actually break the cycles and patterns of abuse, because this is a very abusive planet. We have to first and foremost, see it for what it really is, no matter how ugly it is. Acknowledge it, we don't have to dwell down there in it and continually horribleize, but we have to find solutions to the problems. And as you know, abuse comes in many forms. Okay, and abusers take, they wear many masks. They hide behind computers. They work on the internet. They troll. They scope. Why is that? Well, because at this point, they're not getting away with it on a physical level because there are quite a few that are waking up and the only place they can abuse is through nasty words on the computer, which in turn is only harming them. So the other part of this, what I want to say is the more abuse that is generated, the more that is put out on this planet also comes back on those who are trying to thwart others and repress others through their control and their cruelty. And ultimately, during this shift in the Aquarian age, as we are now in the new millennium, controlling abusive people are actually going to have the worst time. And what will be reflected is it will come through their mental health. They're going to absolutely go insane where they will not be able to hide it or cover it up.
During your NDE, do you feel like you were told or forced to come back? I was not forced, okay, because I wanted to live. My home life, my circumstances made it very clear because I had people depending on me and it didn't matter what kind of physical shape I was going to be in. I knew I had to get through it because they were dependent on me. They needed my physical health. And so I fought. And, but of course, I was at the same time, I was releasing. And I was saying, not my will, but thine be done. But I would like to live. I would like to come back. But I in no way felt that I was actually forced to do it. I had this innate knowing that if it would have been too much for me, that I would have been released from the physical form. And I would have returned to spirit. But then I would have made another trek back here at some point, because I wouldn't have finished what I came here to do. And I didn't want to leave anything undone. So would you say that before these experiences happened, you were already Christian? I was non-denominational, okay? I was raised in fundamental religion, and I made the choice to leave it very young. And so I had a great understanding of it. Um, I do, like I said before, work with Jesus. I believe in Jesus, but... I also am open to the teachings of other ascended masters. I have studied them. They have come to me before I ever had near-death experiences. I know that they exist, and I know that they are working on behalf of humanity on this planet to raise the vibration and take it out of the cruelty and the abuse. After all your NDEs, did you notice you had any new psychic abilities that you didn't Absolutely. have prior? Absolutely. I, I came back more clear than I had ever been in the past. And it verified that everything that I had dealt with in my past, which was very difficult, was for solid reasons. And it was to bring me up to the point I was at. Because I couldn't have helped others if I didn't have the understanding of the hardships they were going through. So I had to have those experiences. Has the memory of these experiences faded over time? No, it hasn't. No, it's like they were yesterday, but I see them in a completely different light because my anger and resentment and bitterness over the injustice has been cleared. I am now a vessel to bring 
out the truth of this injustice and move beyond it so that others can move beyond it. So it's basically, when I look back on it, it's like watching a movie. I am completely detached from everything. At what point did you become a medium? I have to say that was when I was very young at about 11 years old, when I had my first experiences with those on the other side that were at a very low level and were completely earthbound in a house that I had lived in that had a lot of dark energy. So I guess you could say you lived in a haunted house. I did live in a haunted house, yes. Well, how did you get that ability to communicate with them at 11? Did you have some type of NDE or something? No. Well, okay, let's back up. I was sick as a child. I had a very weak immune system. And I spent my early childhood in very bad health. And I had lung infections because I had chronic asthma. And the doctors told my mother I would not live long unless I had specific treatment. And that treatment required me to be in isolation a great deal of the time. So that is when the angels first started to visit me because I was very heavy into prayer. So I was always relating with the other side and I was asking to stay on this earth plane because I many times felt that I just wasn't going to make it. In the beginning, I also mentioned that you're an author and one of your books is called Twin Flames Beyond the Veil of Illusion. And you have another book coming out called Twin Flames, Healing the Shattered Heart When Union Isn't Possible. So to me, that means you're probably a twin flame expert. Well, I don't like to call myself an expert, but I know quite a bit about it because I am a twin flame myself. I have had the experience and I still have the ongoing experiences. And this is something I was exposed to very young in life as well. But at the time, I didn't realize that I actually had a twin flame. And that was not revealed to me until much later in life. I but I had always worked with twin flames. Before we get into that, I need to know what is your definition of a twin flame? My definition of a twin flame is a co-creation. It is a soul counterpart that was created together a divine blueprint for a specific cosmic mission 
in the upper realms as we experience many dimensions at many different points of time. And then for our earthly life to absolutely work together for the betterment of the planet Earth. Because twin flames, when they are in physical union, are very powerful. If they are both evolved to see the significance of what their relationship really is, then they can do the divine work on this planet. And that can be anything. It can be spiritual. It can be highly evolved medicine, law, business. There are many aspects to those missions. And in my work, I explain the beginnings of that on this earth and how it was set up to be. So would you say that twin flames are two separate beings that are divinely meant to be together or a higher self that is actually split into two separate beings. Okay, I believe that, and this is going to sound very crazy, but this has been my experience with my own twin flame, who is cognizant of it and has remembered those experiences. You do share a soul but you can separate and come back together according to the work that you are doing. And a lot of this is not explained because the human aspect of individuals cannot possibly understand the divine in the upper etheric realms, because most people are dealing with the lower energies. They're dealing with what is known as the psychic stratum. So they have not gone beyond the lower astral planes. And the more they raise their consciousness level, the more light comes in to the human physical body, the closer the higher self comes until it enfolds it and they begin to have that understanding of what they need to do on this earth plane, whether in separation or whether physically together. And they are shown on highly spiritual levels what the mission is and what they are dealing with in the upper realms. But the higher and lighter the vibration becomes, the more the twin flames come back together. And it is a feeling that is very hard for me to even explain because there is nothing like it on earth.
very powerful. When did you meet your twin flame? I met my twin flame when I was very, very young. I was barely 14 at the time, but I had no idea what he was. He was more into the soulmate thing. He was older than I was. We had an age gap and he told me right away that he felt this with me and it was very intense. And then we went our separate ways and he married someone else. I went off, I lived my life and we didn't reconnect until our later years. We were shown on a divine level. It happened purely on a spiritual basis at the opening of a portal when a major solar eclipse was happening within minutes of that solar eclipse starting. That was when we were shown. And so twin flames will have a grand awakening to where they are to know this information when it is time for them to see it. This is why I don't believe in pushing and forcing and trying to find out who your twin flame is because you will know that information. It will be given to you when it is time for you to receive it when you can handle it. I can tell you this, even though I worked with a lot of twin flames, it was not meant for me to have that information in my younger years because there was so much I had to complete and he had to complete as well. So we just simply were not ready for it. What's popular today is the idea of a soulmate. Is that the same thing or different from a twin flame? We have many soulmates. Okay, a soulmate can be a parent, it can be a child that we have a kinship with. A soulmate can also be what I feel is a divine partner. So if you are not a twin flame, you can be given a divine partner to help you complete a specific mission on this earth who is also a soulmate. But soulmates are very special and they can be our greatest teachers as well. If somebody met their twin flame, even if it was just by chance, what are some of the signs that they might recognize or they might see to recognize that this is their twin flame? It is an undying passion. It is an undying need to be with that individual no matter how dysfunctional they may be, no matter how obnoxious or hateful they may be, the pull to be together is there. 
And in most cases, it is highly sexual to the point where logic and reality completely goes out the window. You know it's not healthy, you know it's not good, but you just have to be together. This is one aspect of it. Now, people will argue with me in the spiritual community and say, well, that, that would be a karmic partner. No, not always. Because here's the thing, twin flames embody on this earth at many different levels of consciousness. We come back here for the lessons that we need to complete we come back at the same level of consciousness that we had to work through. We get a certain amount of healing on the other side and time with the guides and angels to work through it. But we still have the mistakes that we have to realize in order to raise ourselves to a higher level. So twin flames, some of them are not gonna be at a higher level of consciousness. They're gonna be very earthy. They're gonna be very lusty. They're gonna be totally crazy when it comes to want to be wanting to be with their twin. And others are going to take a more highly evolved approach. And they're gonna be ready at a very young age to put a home and family together and live a functional life and create an abundance in finances. And so what keeps twins in separation is when they do not raise to that higher level of consciousness because they are meant, if they are in physical embodiment at the same time, and they are in a reasonable age gap where the, there's not too big of an age gap to create a family. They are meant to be together. They really are. Is this need of wanting to be together shared mutually? No, it all, no, it isn't always because in many cases, one twin opens to the higher consciousness before the other twin flame does. And when they do this, it is highly unlikely that the other twin has opened at the same time. Therefore, they're not going to see the significance of what that connection is. They will have no awareness that it is a twin flame. And this is why they have to go into separation in order to have the earthly experiences that are going to help them evolve to a higher level of consciousness. And unfortunately, this does involve a lot of pain in most cases. So your next book, that's coming out is Twin Flames Healing the Shattered Heart When Union Isn't Possible. Can you yes. tell us more about that title and how you came up with it? Okay, I came up with that title 
through my own experience and the experience of other twin flames that I have worked with that have come to the realization that they are not going to come into a physical union with their twin in this lifetime. And this is something that I had known before I met my twin flame. And this is due to my tie that I have to the higher etheric realms and the work that I do with the ascended masters. I have been shown exactly what happens on the other side. And I realized that separation from your twin flame is preparation for your ultimate union that you will have when both of you are ready to accept the responsibility of what that union involves. And in many cases, it is not doable on the earth plane. One twin has chosen a lifestyle that simply is not compatible with higher spirituality. And these are the cases of separation that I work with because I have found that once a star seed, an empath, develops to a certain point, they're at the point of no return. Once that spiritual door has been opened and they start the process of evolution, they can't go back down. They're raising their vibratory level, okay? They're raising that mental body, that higher mental body is merging with the physical body. And they are coming into mastery level. At this point, there are ascended masters around them. It is highly likely they are a chela to an ascended master. So the lesson that they are working through is obsession, sexual lust, gross materialism, and all the narcissistic human behavior patterns that have thwarted this planet. Well, if your twin flame is stuck in those and does not want to come out of it, and they're happy where they're at. They're happy with who they're with. Perhaps they are even practicing white collar crime and harming others. Union is not possible because at that point, it would be to the detriment of your own spiritual growth. This is when you have to completely surrender to God Put all of your faith and trust in the higher 
God's source and be led with your life. So my book goes into all the intricate points of how to do this, how to come out of the obsession, how to heal all of that longing, that loneliness, that emptiness, how to develop on a spiritual level and open the door to the contact with the ascended masters that are going to help you. Because when you are at the level of obsession and you are continually weighing, engaging, and you're comparing yourself with their partner and you want them to get a divorce, you want them to leave, and you are so stuck on that, the ascended masters cannot work with you. You are stuck in a lower level of consciousness. It is that simple. And so once you see that truth, you can move beyond it and the door opens for your purpose and your path in life. And you can focus on that. If you had to make a guess, what percentage of the people out there have a twin flame and don't even know it? Quite a few. Quite a few. Um, I'm very tuned into this. I mean, I'll give you an example. I was at the local Starbucks a couple months ago, and I saw a young couple. They were barely out of their teens. And they had all of the piercings and all of the tattoos. And they were loping around and very unaware. But they really loved each other. I could see that in their eyes. I could feel the vibe. And it really brought tears to my eyes. In fact, it is now. And I thought, do they even know? Do they know who they are? Do they know what they're here for? And what is their future? Will they recognize it? Will they come into their divine path or will they separate at some point? Many, many, there are, there are many who have been married for years who do not know that they are twin flames. I see that as well. And then there are those in total separation. But usually with them, they have a feeling. They have a feeling because nothing is clicking with anyone they meet. And so in those cases, sometimes their twin could already be in a higher life form on another planet in a completely different existence light years away. That can happen too. Now, we talked about your most impactful NDE. From your other ones, did you leave your body and see or encounter any other beings? Oh, absolutely. I have always left my body in my NDEs. So when I went through the surgery, I found myself in what now I believe is a higher etheric form of a place on the earth plane. 
because as above, so below. So many places with a strong history that make an impact have a replica on the earth plane, but they are not um, in the purest, highest form due to the human creation, the darkness that has taken place on the earth plane. But when we raise our vibration, there are times that they will take us if we need to see these places. And when I was having my surgery, I knew that my mother and the hospital chaplain would be praying for me. And I left, I found myself in a chapel that is connected to my family. It is in England. And I was out of my body there. My mother and the hospital chaplain were out of their bodies. They were kneeling, they were praying. And Jesus and Mary were levitating at the front of that chapel and white roses, not white roses, but pink roses, beautiful pale pink roses were just coming down over their heads and coming down over my mom and the hospital chaplain. And I was observing, now I know I was observing what the energy of prayer does when people have that belief and they are earnestly asking. And I immediately knew I was definitely gonna come back into my physical body at that time. And then after the experience, I woke up and it was two days later because I had been in a coma. And my mom and the doctor, they were holding my hands. And I was very disoriented, but I was back in my physical body. And then the next one I had happened because my tracheotomy had blocked. And um, someone hadn't cleaned it. And that was my only means of being able to breathe. And I was suffocating. And I was trying to reach the hospital call button. And I don't even remember if I made it or not, but I was floating upwards. I was in um, a substance that was like jello, but it was thicker. And I was trying to make my way through it. I saw, I saw many spirit beings. I saw what I felt were some of Jesus's disciples, even angels. And then I ended up in a cemetery. And it was a Scottish cemetery because part of my background is Scottish. And two men are standing at 
a gravestone and they're in their full regalia. They're wearing the arisade and the kilts and the whole thing. And there's this young girl in the middle who is with them. And I specifically mentally asked them, I said, have I died? Have I transitioned? And they said, no, but she has. They said, you're going back. And boom, I come back and everyone is standing around my bed with all of the paraphernalia. And I knew where I had been and what I had seen. And then after that, my cousin informed me that our younger cousin had been killed in a car accident. And that woman in the cemetery was her description. Cynthia, after watching this podcast, people may want to reach out to you and ask you questions. Are you open to that? Absolutely. I love to get questions from people. I love to help them in any way that I absolutely can. What's the best way to contact you? Through my email or my YouTube channel, either one. I welcome comments on my videos and I always get back with people. Sometimes there is a turnaround according to how busy I am, but I will always, always get back with people because I am working on two more books now. I have another children's book I'm working on and I'm working on another book. So it's hard with my schedule, but I'm always there for people. What is your email address? Oh, it's uh, Cynthia Rose of Cairo at gmail.com. And incidentally, I'm also a belly dancer and yoga instructor as well. I started that in my youth, very, very young. And belly dancing is what brought me back to life after all of the cancer treatments because I had a severe neuropathy in my feet and I was heading in the direction of a wheelchair. So I took what I knew and I made it into an adaptive form in both yoga and Middle Eastern dance. And I made it specifically for women who are disabled, who are really struggling with their physical health. And I got back on my feet. So that's, that's why Cynthia Rose of Cairo. What is the name of your YouTube channel and what kind of videos are you posting there? Okay, um, my channel is author Cynthia Greer. And I have all aspects of spiritual life. So I have twin flames. I have near death. Um, I have corruption. I have a lot about corruption. And um, I will be bringing out a lot more about medical malpractice. Because nothing is separate. Everything ties in together. There is no separateness. Everything that we have in life 
affects every area of our lives. So, I mean, especially when you look at twin flames and separation, many twin flames die and one remains on the earth plane. Um, twin flames become disabled and come back together or separate for those reasons. And they deal with corruption and people trying to keep them apart financially or morally. So um, it, it all goes together. And my goal is to just educate the masses and help everyone to gain that understanding for themselves and to develop their abilities to their own highest level. Before we finish up, can you give us one last positive message? Oh my goodness, don't lose hope. There is always hope. No matter how bleak it looks, do not buy into the appearance of what is going on. No matter the challenges you have, no matter what people are doing to you to tear you down and tear your confidence down, do not give up hope because there is a living God that does love you. Cynthia, thank you for that message, and thank you for being my guest. Thank you so much, Jeff. Thanks for watching the Jeff Mara Podcast. I really appreciate you. Another way to show support is through YouTube memberships. And if you do, there are loyalty badges and other perks depending on your level of membership. All you need to do is click the Join button underneath the video to find out more. Thank you for your support.